I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome you once again to another very interesting time in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I want you to know that God is with us. Hallelujah. Even as he promised in his word that he will always be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. So God is going to bring a word that will strengthen your faith in him today. And I know that when we, we are done today, I know your life will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We give you thanks. We bless your name for you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. For unto you shall the gathering of the people be. We ask that you speak to us through your word and by your spirit. And let no man be the same again. Let all the glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Many people are not receiving from God. God has so many things to offer. You know, once in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah 49, God likened himself to a nursing mother. He said, will a nursing mother forsake a suckling child? And he said, even if that happens, I will not forsake you. So God likens himself to a nursing mother in that case. And then, you know, women who are breastfed before or are breastfeeding, they can tell you that there are times when their breast is full and they want to empty. And there are times when maybe they are full and they need to empty themselves. They need to empty it, but the baby is not willing to suck. I've heard of cases of women actually crying in pain. But why are they crying? Because their breast is full but the baby is not sucking. And so if God likens himself to a nursing mother, possibly he's full at times, but his children are not receiving. Little wonder the Bible says you receive not because you ask not. So it's not because God is unwilling to release, but the people of God, they're unwilling to receive. And that is a problem. Now the mother can take the child, you know, at such times, and put the child against her breast and all that. But guess what? The mother cannot suck for the child. The child will have to do the sucking. There will be an effort on the part of the child if milk has to go into the digestive system of that child. The child has a part to play. And that's it with many of God's people. They don't know how to receive. They don't know how to receive from God. So many times people wonder, people get to the point where they begin to ask questions. Is God real? Does God really answer prayers? How come I've never really seen God do something in my life? God is doing something every day. He's doing things every day. But just that the people 
don't know how to receive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some time ago, I talked about the, the importance of hope. The Bible says, and I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And if you go to chapter 13, verse 13, it says, Now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest is love. Now it says, Now abideth these three, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love, they are mentioned in the same group, even though the Bible here says love is the greatest. And then, you know, I've heard some preachers say, well, the Bible says love is the greatest, but between faith and hope, it didn't say which one is greater of the two, which one is lesser, which one is greater. But the truth is, if you study these basic principles of life, faith, hope, and love, you would know which is which. Praise God. The last time I was teaching about hope, I took time to explain that hope helps you to believe. Hope helps you to believe. And hope is very important because it helps you to believe. Without hope, you will never believe. Hallelujah. And I read that scripture from the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hope helps you to believe, which is vital. Hallelujah. But guess what? Believing is not enough. It's not enough to believe. Hallelujah. For example, you can believe that if you work, you will get paid. But if you sit down, nothing is going to happen. Hallelujah. Believing is a work of the mind. In process of believing, there is no physical action involved. Believing actually is a condition. You condition your mind in a certain way to accept certain truths or facts. That's belief. But that is not enough. Hallelujah. If you have to get things done, believing is not enough. You have to go one step further. And that is where faith comes in. Hallelujah. Faith. Now the Bible says now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith gives material to what you hoped for. Hallelujah. And faith is not a work of the mind, but actually is an action. It's something that you do. You prove your faith not by what you believe, but by your action. Your action proves your faith. Hallelujah. Now I've explained before that Belief is very important. You must believe. Most people act without believing and that is a problem. Praise the Lord. They act without believing and that is not faith because believing must be there. And then the action. Action, faith is more or less action based on your belief. For example, being born again, even the salvation, the concept of salvation. Before you are saved, the Bible says with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation hallelujah you believe with the heart but it doesn't end there you confess with your mouth 
you declare i told you believing basically is a work of the mind in believing you don't necessarily have to say anything something in your mind hallelujah but then when it comes to faith you have to do something there is an action for faith hallelujah so for you to be born again it's not enough to say the prayer of salvation you must believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth so there are many people who you ask them are you born again you say yes i pray the prayer of salvation but did you believe that thing that you prayed because the truth is that if you believed with your heart and you confessed with your mouth the lord jesus the lordship of jesus the bible says you will be saved automatically you will be awakened to the fatherhood of god you just know that you know that you know that god is your father that's what salvation brings you just get to know that god is your father and then certain things will just change you will just know that you are superior to the devil when you are saved so the belief in your heart and the confession with your mouth hallelujah and that's why the bible says without faith it is impossible to please god there are many people that believe in god but they're not saved the bible says thou believest that there is one god so even the devils believe they know and they tremble does that mean they are saved no they're not they're not so yes you have to believe but don't stop at the place of believing you have to take it one step further hallelujah by doing actions to prove that you believe and that is where faith comes in hallelujah many people of god don't understand about faith and that's why they don't receive from god they don't understand about faith why because they are carnal they relate to this world based on their five senses they don't know how to receive things in the spirit a very clear example the book of mark mark chapter 11 verse 22 now look at what jesus says here mark 11 verse 22 and jesus answering saith unto them have faith in god he says have faith in god very vital ingredient if you succeed hope is important hope is the beginning but then one step further faith for verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain talking about a visible mountain whatever the mountain is whosoever shall say be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea watch what he says next and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever i said do you see that the two have to come together to believe some people are confessing and speaking to the mountain but inside their heart there is that doubt so it doesn't happen so the first step is to work on your believing by answering the vital questions on your heart did god say the mountain will move if i spoke yes so does that mean that if i played my part by believing and speaking it will move yeah because god never lied and then you go through the stories of those who walked by faith and got results and then you also go and study the bible says god is not a man that he should lie then you also go to hebrews 13 verse 8 when it says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever so if those people based on his word and they got results 
if you base yourself on God's word, you will also get results. So you establish that in your heart. Once you are done, see, you've cleared every doubt in your heart. It's a process. There are sometimes you need time to work on your believing. It's not something that you will do overnight. And I've explained before about the role of meditation. That's what meditation does. Meditation gives you hope. You, in meditation, you get a mental picture of what you believe. You see yourself, it's possible, I can be there. You see the possibility of you being, being there, first in your mind. Hallelujah. And after building that mental picture through meditation, hope has come alive. Then you take the next step. Jesus said, whosoever shall say to this mountain. So the next thing you do, you begin to address the mountain. Hallelujah. And then he says, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe. So guess what? The moment you have spoken to the mountain, for all you care, the mountain is gone. That's faith. The mountain is gone. What if I still see the mountain? What if I can still feel the mountain? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Why did God say this? Why is this included in the scripture? Because he knows that sometimes we may see with our optical eyes things that are non-existent. We may see with our optical eyes things that do not exist. It's possible that could happen. And we've, I've talked about the mirage before. You look and you see water ahead in the road. You look very well. It looks very well. Much like water. But when you get there, you discover it's not there. It was a mirage. So it's possible that our five senses could deceive us. Romans chapter 3. Verse 4. Look at it. So if after you've spoken to the mountain and it still looks like the mountain is there, did God lie? Has God lied? Because God said, if I believed with my heart, I believed with my heart and I confessed with my mouth, it will happen. But then I've believed with my heart and I know that I know that I know that I, I, I've declared it. And I still look and I still see it. I can still feel the mountain. Did God lie? The Bible says, God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, thou manest be justified in the saints and manest overcome when thou art judged. He says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Let that situation, let that circumstance be the one lying because God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. So after I have declared by faith for all you care, that thing is non-existent. Praise the Lord. By faith in the name of Jesus, I have declared and I know that it is gone. Now again, this is where some people miss things. They don't know the difference between truth and fact. Hallelujah. They, they, they don't know the difference between truth and fact. Some people ignore the fact and that is not right. That is not faith. Faith doesn't mean you ignore the fact. Faith means you don't allow the fact to dictate how your life should go. That's it. But some people just ignore the fact. And that's, that's, not, that's not faith. That actually is foolishness. 
Praise the Lord. Yes, the fact is that there is no cash in my pocket right now. But by faith, I declare that money is locating me. By faith, I declare money is locating me. In the realm of the spirit, I have money by faith. Hallelujah. And I know that it's going to materialize. Hallelujah. So the fact, so do you have cash? Do you give? I thought you said you, you are rich. Give me fact. The fact is there is no cash in my pocket right now. But by faith, the Bible says all things are mine. So I'm loaded. Relax. Don't worry. You will soon see the manifestation of it. Already in the spirit, I have it. And I know it will manifest. I know for sure. I know beyond reasonable that I'm sure. That's faith. So you don't deny the fact. Hallelujah. Praise God. I might still feel it. I acknowledge the fact that I still feel it. I acknowledge the fact that I still see the mountain with my optical eyes. I acknowledge the fact that there's no cash in my pocket. I didn't say money. I said cash. Because cash is the physical money, right? But by faith, my, my pocket, I'm loaded. And I know it will manifest physically. When is the time? The Bible says he makes all things beautiful in his time. So I'm not going to dictate that. All I know is that God never fails and he won't start with me. I, I believe it with my heart and I have declared it with my mouth and I know it's going to happen. The Bible says, follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Faith and patience always work together. So after you have played your part by declaring by faith in the name of Jesus, then be patient. Be patient. Let God fulfill his word. Hallelujah. That is true faith. But many of God's people don't understand this. They're looking at magic and not miracles. They expect that immediately they declare, pew, it happens. So when they don't see it happen as they declared it, they thought it didn't work. And they missed their miracle. Hallelujah. And also, we must understand. Because I want us to look at some very interesting scriptures in the book of 1 John chapter 2. And I'm reading from verse 1. Now, um, there are different stages of our Christian walk. And as we study this scripture, you will see John highlighting these different phases. There is the baby Christian, the little children who have just come to the faith. Then there are the young men, what you call spiritual adolescents. And then there are the fathers. These are different levels. And all of them at these different levels, there is something they have mastered. And you are going to see it. Now, verse 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Hallelujah. And then going to verse, verse 12. It says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you have known the father. Now I'm going to go on to break it down. It says, little children, your sins are forgiven you 
you have known the Father. Remember, the Bible says the one that believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth is saved. So they have mastered the believing part. Hallelujah. So by the time they confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ, they become saved. Hallelujah. So I, that's what I was saying earlier. When you are genuinely saved, you are awakened to the fatherhood of God. You just know that you know, you believe it in your heart that you are saved. It's that belief. So they have mastered that part. Hallelujah. But at that point, they don't know how to receive spiritual things yet. Hallelujah. But then he says, I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. Spiritual adolescents have learned to engage in spiritual warfare. They know how to fight. Why? They are beginning to master faith. They have mastered faith. They have entered the mastery of faith. They know how to receive. They know how to apply their faith. Why? Because they have been in the kingdom for a while. They have studied scriptures and they've understood how to apply scriptural principles and get results. So they have overcome the wicked one. The devil can no longer mess around in their lives because they have overcome the wicked one. That's a spiritual adolescence. But then the fathers, he says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. What is this? Experiential knowledge. Hallelujah. And then if you study on, look at um, what he says, verse 14. He says, I've written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong. You see that? And the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Remember, he never said that about the young one, the children. He didn't say the word of God abides in them because they are battling with sin. They are, they, they've just come into the kingdom. They are still battling with the sin. They're a little bit carnal. They're fighting with sin. So he said, I say unto you, little one, that, that you should know your sins are forgiven you. But he didn't say that about the young ones. The young ones have learned to live above sin. They have, look at it, he says, the word of God abideth in you. They have studied God's word, they've understood scriptural principles, and they have started applying it, they have seen results. He says, and you have overcome the wicked one. Then verse 15, he's still talking to the young ones. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life is not in the Father, but is of the world. Why is he saying this? Because the young men, they have mastered faith. And if you're not careful, you begin to use your faith for your lusts. You use your faith to feed your lust. Now you understand that I can apply certain principles and it will work. So what? You start using it. To, to feed your lust instead of what God wants you to do. People need to understand that even this faith of a thing, we don't just use it as we like. We use faith by the leading of the Spirit. Somebody wants to raise the dead to prove that he's a man of God, but is the Spirit of God leading you to do that? If we were supposed to raise every person that died, Jesus would have brought John the Baptist back to life. He would have. What about the apostles that were killed? They would have raised themselves back up if we were supposed to raise everybody that died. Someone would say, how could a Christian, how could a pastor like that die? And then this is, things happen. We really don't have all the answers. We are led. See, every case of somebody that died that came back to life is because God 
led for. It to happen. God wanted it to happen. So even in faith, we must partner with the Holy Spirit. We must be led by the Holy Spirit for us to do it. Hallelujah. So even when we have declared by faith something we know we are supposed to have, then we wait patiently for the manifestation of it. The Bible says the vision is yet for an appointed time. God showed you the picture. You have believed it. Yes. But there is an appointed time for the manifestation. He says, though it tarries. He said, wait. But many people are not patient. They don't understand that faith and patience go together. They don't understand. The truth is that, let me tell you something. There are some times, for example, we pray and say, receive the millionaire anointing in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. The next minute, somebody is going to check the bank account to see if $1 million have entered. You may not see, it's possible to see $1 million if it, it happens, but you may not see $1 million. Does not mean you have not received it. And guess what? Some of those things that you receive, it may not manifest in your lifetime. But guess what? It has become a part of your DNA. And that is the most important thing because if you don't have something inside, you will never have it on the outside. The most important thing is you having it inside first. Then the manifestation. For example, it was in David's DNA to build God a temple. It was in his DNA. Hallelujah. Not just the physical temple, even the physical temple of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which the Bible says he had prepared me as a sacrifice. The body of Jesus, he told them, he said, destroy this temple and treat this. I'll bring it back. Who brought that temple? It was David. Because he came from the lineage. The physical body of Jesus actually came from the lineage of David. So it was in his DNA. But he didn't live to see it. He didn't see the physical temple or even the spiritual one. But it was in his DNA. The blessing was given to David. And it manifested years later. And for all you care, Jesus will always be called the root and the offspring of David. Even though he didn't see it in his lifetime. Hallelujah. This is one thing that people need to understand. And as long as you received it in the spirit, you got a hold of it in the spirit, whether it manifests physically or not, it will still be credited to your account in heaven that you got it. You received it. It will still be credited to your account. That's one thing people need to understand. Hallelujah. So the most important part is that thing that you receive in the Spirit. You receive it first in the Spirit. And after you have received it in the Spirit, just keep waiting. People might come to taunt you and say, Oh, I thought you said you have received this. How come you are still like that? Say, why are you so blind? A woman who is pregnant, does she have a baby? That you don't see the baby now, does it mean the baby is non-existent? The baby is there. It's only a matter of time. But someone says, ah, but this one is long. It's more than nine months. I thought after nine months, you're supposed to give birth. Well, study the gestation period of different animals are different. Some of their gestation period is two months, three months, and they give birth. I understand that the gestation period of an elephant is over a year. I think it's 18 months or something like that. Don't compare yourself with me. We are not the same. Hallelujah. I remember the story of Marilyn Hickey, who was told by William Branham, he prophesied to her that God was going to give her a baby. She was going to get pregnant. 
And she said when he spoke, there was something that happened supernaturally. She felt something enter her after he gave that prophecy. Well, guess what? The baby never came till after 10 years. But she never doubted. She held on to that prophetic word for 10 years. Until today, she gives the credit to William Branham that he prophesied. Somebody else would have said, no, he didn't. He prophesied, but it didn't work. It was Prophet Jones that prophesied in the world. But no, she received that prophetic word. She held on to it. It didn't matter that it was delayed. She held on to it until she saw the physical manifestation of it. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what we as children of God are supposed to do. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Faith. Hallelujah. You believe first. And then you declare with your mouth. You don't care what situation and circumstances. You begin to prepare for that thing. You know it will happen. You begin to prepare. Hallelujah. Years ago, God told me that I was going to be in America. And he told me things that I was going to do. Now, at that time, it didn't seem possible. I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anybody that would make it happen. But by faith, I held on to that word. And I began to announce it in church. Very soon, this will happen. I was saying it. I said, I said, God will connect me to somebody. I didn't know how it will happen. But I was speaking by faith. Declaring by faith that it will surely happen. And I began to make preparations for it. I began to do videos and put them out. I was preparing for what God had told me. It took some years. But did it happen? Yes, it did. God connected me to the right connections and the doors were opened and I went and ministry. He told me clearly, he said, don't worry, you're not going to start from the scratch. He told me clearly and I said all these things, holding on only to the word of God. Nobody had promised me. I wasn't looking up to anybody that, oh, so some so person will help me. The only thing I had was the word of God, which I held on to until I saw the manifestation of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that is it. See, we have to get that word. What is that word that God has spoken to you? What has God told you personally? Remember what I said in our journey of faith. We must partner with the Holy Spirit. Don't just start having wild dreams. Let your dreams be tailored by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let it be tailored by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So this is not just um, something of positive confession kind of thing or positive thinking, you know, the psychologic kind of thing. That's not what this is about. This is faith in the name of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now the children have mastered hope. The young men have mastered faith. And so now the Spirit of God is warning them. He says, listen, be careful how you use your faith. If you, you use your faith, you must partner with the Holy Spirit. Don't be lossful about the things of this world. Because you saw somebody drive a BMW, it looks nice. Now you want a BMW. But does God want a BMW for you? Because you saw your friend went to America and then he had a ministry in America and his ministry was very successful. So now you want to go to America too. But is that what God wants for you? And yes, God may want that for you. But is that the time he wants it for you? Many times, if you have to cut corners and do certain things to get to place, many times God is not involved. 
you would see the miraculous part of it. You will see the hand of God. There will be certain times you will be in need and there will be supernatural provision. You know, certain ways that you will just know that this is God. If you have to struggle and struggle and struggle, most times God's hand is not in it. Because the Bible says those that have entered my rest, they have seized from their own struggles. Hallelujah. So God's hand will be in it. So he's warning the young people to be careful of how they use their faith. Oh, you're so anointed. And now you are in that meeting. You want to prove to the people that uh, you are anointed. So you want to do miracles to prove that you are anointed. Whereas the Spirit of God is not even leading you to do such a thing. Maybe he just wants you to encourage the people at the time. But you want to prove that you are anointed. So you want to prophesy. So people will know, can I, can I prophesy? Can I pro, 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 pro? Can I, can I, can I? Is it the Holy Spirit that is telling you to do that? Or you want to prophesy for your ego? You're a young man. You're, you need to become more mature. And one thing about adolescents is because they have adult features. They mistaken themselves to be adults. But they need mental maturity. There are certain things they need to understand now. Just because you have reproductive organs as an adolescent doesn't mean you have to use them then. Praise the Lord. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you have to use it. In every case, you have to be led by the Spirit when to use it. Hallelujah. But the fathers, as I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. The fathers have mastered love. And that's why he said love is the greatest. So they understand that, yes, because of what you did to them, they can place a curse on you and it will affect you. But they know that that's not what God wants at the time. God would rather you forgave that person. So see this thing you did? I could have done this to you, but I forgive you. That's love. You have the right, yes. For example, Stephen, when he was stoned, Right where he was, he said, the heavens were open, the Bible says, and he saw the Son of Man standing. At that time, if he had commanded fire like Elijah did, all of them would have been consumed. Hallelujah. But I'm sure he remembered the words of Jesus. When those two disciples said, Master, let us command James and John, let us command fire from heaven to consume all these people, just like Elijah did. And Jesus said, what? Do you know what spirit you are of? The spirit you're of is a spirit of love. Do you think he'll be happy if these people are consumed by fire? He doesn't rejoice. And there are many people, maybe something bad happened to your enemy and you start rejoicing and you go share a testimony about it. That is not a testimony. You don't rejoice at someone's demise. Even if the person hurt you, you can talk about it, but don't rejoice about it. Don't rejoice. God does not rejoice when anybody dies. Even if he's a sinner, he doesn't rejoice. It's a lesson for people to learn, so we'll talk about it, but not to rejoice about it. Hallelujah. That is love, which is higher than faith. Praise the Lord. So hope is important. Hope helps you to believe, which is very important. And then faith is one step higher than hope because faith helps you to receive hallelujah but guess what love is the greatest because love helps you to give and jesus said more blessed is the one that gives than the one that receives because the truth is that hope 
is a believer. It helps you to believe. Faith is a receiver. It helps you to receive. But love is a giver. Love helps you to give. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's it about these three principles of, of creation, really. The Bible says, Now these three abide, and they will always abide. Faith, hope, and love. Hallelujah. Today, my emphasis, which I took time to talk about, was faith, which you need if you will receive anything from God. You need faith. Hallelujah. And I explained that first, you must believe in your heart, which is very important. Believe is very important. I think you need to listen to the message I preach about hope if you've not listened to it, because hope is very, very, very important. Hope, that's where it starts. Believing, that's where it starts. And then faith, that's where it continues. That's where you get to receive. Then after you've gotten to that point, you need to go one step further to the point where you become a giver because of love. Whether you are giving or you are forgiving, it's an act of love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So one step further. You can tell yourself, you can know which side you are on. For example, he talked about the little children. He said, love not um, little children. He said, you are, you have, your sins are forgiven you. Why is he telling them about sin? Because they are babies. If you're still struggling and struggling and struggling with sin, then that's the level that you're at. You need to go one step higher. And then if you are at that level where you are strong, the word of God abides in you. You are solid in prayer, studying the word and all that stuff. He said, great. You have put the word of God to work and you are seeing results. Beautiful. But even at that, be careful how you use your faith. You must partner with the Holy Spirit in the use of faith. Hallelujah, which is very important. And of course, love. Love helps you to see value in people. You see that there's something about them worth giving and worth forgiving. Hallelujah. So even when they hurt you, even when they curse you, they say all kind of things about you. You see value in them. These are souls Jesus died for. For that reason, you show them love. Hallelujah. There's that song that says, Let the world see heaven in your eyes. Show them love they can't deny. Let the world see heaven in your eyes. Proof of your show of heaven is in your love. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. You know, Jesus told Peter one day, said, Peter, Satan has asked of you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And he says that when you are strong, strengthen your brethren, help them. My prayer for you today is that your faith will not fail. Your strength, your belief system in the word of God and your acting on the word will never fail. You will learn to walk in patience even after you have declared the word of God until you see the manifestation of the word in the mighty name of jesus amen hallelujah god bless you and may god continue to keep you in the faith in jesus mighty name hallelujah god bless you i'm gonna be with you again this is the end of today's topic and i will surely be with you again until i come your way again keep believing 
in the atmosphere of God's word, God's worship, and God's miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.